This podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, and tech gadgets to art and other epic gear, it's like having Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate also features individual subscription boxes for gaming, anime, Marvel, and WWE fans, and plans begin at just $24.99 a month. So head on over to cinemageekly.com slash lootcrate, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline, and we're back to talk more NXT on the USA Network and, of course, the Peacock. I keep wanting to say the WWE Network, but... It's not a thing anymore. I mean, it is, outside of this country. Like, in Canada, you can still get it. In the UK and every other country... In fact, I've heard a lot of people that are like, if you don't like the Peacock layout or their lack of selection, if you just get a VPN and you could just re-sign up for the network and use PayPal or whatever to to pay for it because you can pay internationally that way, you can just watch your regular old WWE network. In Canada, I don't even know if you knew this, but in Canada, they have it as a television channel, like the live feed. It's part of your subscription package to cable. So you can just watch the live feed, um, like pay-per-views and everything, just part of uh, your regular cable package. So that's really cool. I don't know why that was never a thing here. That would have been quite lovely, but... Uh, Yeah, because I don't think you could have watched the live stuff. No. And that's fine. It was probably part of the cable deals here. Mm -hmm. That's fine all, but I will say, I like everything else that comes with Peacock. Like, I can now watch SNL. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to wait to watch it. I watched it this morning. You know, things like that. You know what? Um, Another thing, uh, this is actually not foreshadowing for this week's episode of NXT, because I actually thought this week's episode was pretty good. There's still some storylines and stuff that I am not digging at all. But for the most part, I like this show. But just in case, if things do get kind of crappy again, Jacqueline, I am now happy to say that I presume and I can only presume that they listen. Somebody at Peacock listens to this podcast and heard me complaining about how there were no takeovers on Peacock. Now they are all on there. So, all of the takeovers going Power back to the suggestion, first one. my friend. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, I mean, this podcast has some some pretty long arms. We got we got quite the reach on this we podcast. Do. We I, do. I'd like to presume. Um, before we talk about the, I episode, mean, let's let's go back to women's war games, <laughs> right? I mean, how many times? How many things have you called, Jacqueline? So many things. I almost got the teams right, like, out the gate months before. <laughs> I was, that's that's still a crowning moment for me. Uh, yeah. And I two, was just spitballing. I mean, look, you're two-time NXT fan of the night for a reason. So, yeah, um, true. before we talk about the episode this week real quick, there was some NXT news. Most of it, I mean, I guess it's all sad if you don't want, if you don't like the idea of people losing their job. But... They made some cuts, some of them a little perplexing, some of them not surprising at all. So there were a few people who released that have not made television, although apparently one of these people, uh, he didn't make TV, but he was in training. It sounded like somebody who was right down their alley, like big guy, super athletic, though, and... Um, like mm-hmm. full of potential and stuff. It sounds like that he maybe had a run-in with one of the other people who were released and maybe there's some sort of tie-in 
to why they were both released, possibly. I don't know. But some of the bigger names include Jessamine Duke was released, Mm -hmm. which is a little surprising. Um, Yes. I know you and I were talking about this, like, um, you know, what was going on with, like, Marina Shafir. It does, I don't, like, the way they put her with Roddy the last time we saw Roddy makes me feel like they're, I don't know what's going on with Roddy, to be honest with you. Maybe he's going to no the main roster. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if he's retiring or if his contract is about to expire or or what. But uh, or if he's just going to the main roster. But it that presentation makes it feel like Roddy might be going to the main roster and Marina might be going with him. Uh, but Jessamine them. Uh, releasing Jessamine I'm like I feel like she was making progress but we haven't seen her on TV in so we long haven't, we haven't and they did um pair Marina Shafir with someone else yes during the, the dusty, dusty women's cup mm-hmm. on 205 so like that was even weird so yeah um I I don't know maybe maybe she did who knows what happened but i mean originally they brought them originally they brought them in because they really wanted to do this four horsewomen of mma versus the four horsewomen of wwe thing which i can't believe they never just pulled the trigger on it because they had opportunities to do it and they just never did but uh, that's largely i think why marina and jessamine were brought in to begin with and Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe this was a more of a personal choice, but it's it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. I hadn't seen her on TV in quite a while. Also released was uh, famed NXT referee Drake Wirtz, who Ugh, I would say he's now infamous. Yeah, it would like if you're unfamiliar with the reporting that has gone on around him, you would think that this would be a weird this would be like a weird release because he'd been put in very prominent positions. He was like the head of the referees in NXT for a while. He was the guy who was chosen to referee the Ronda Rousey debut match at WrestleMania. Uh, He was put in a lot of prominent positions and I guess like uh, the story is that he got demoted from his position as head referee and it mm-hmm. sounds like he's one of those people who got lost in those QAnon conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And he started uh, attending like city council meetings, even via Zoom while at the performance center in like Uh-oh. in NXT gear and stuff to like talk about, you know, child trafficking and why wearing a mask is good for child trafficking and just a bunch of crazy conspiracy nonsense stuff. And yeah, so he had to go. He ended up having to go. And it's in a lot of ways a sad story because he had a lot of friends in wrestling and a lot of them since all of this have come out to talk about how hard it's been to watch their friends slip away like they all say he's not the same person and I, be- I believe it he had he had addiction problems in his life and some people have pondered mm-hmm. that maybe he replaced like chemical addiction with the addiction that kind of comes with conspiracy theories uh so that's uh, in a way sad like i'm glad they've disassociated because you can't like Apparently, one of the guys who also got released got into a, like, had to be held back from fighting him when he went off on, um, like, I guess Drake went off on people for wearing masks in the performance center. And apparently, he got. Yeah, no, you don't need that. Apparently, he got mad and stormed out of a meeting about inclusion and, yeah, diversity and stuff. So uh, that's... Nope. You gone. Yeah, he gone. Uh, Also released is uh, Alexander Wolf. His last match we're going to talk about on this episode of NXT. Uh, 
And I don't know where this is coming from either, really. He was... His his contract was up. Was it? It's due to be up very like in like the next two or three weeks. Ah, okay. He and talked there was... to Twitter about it, so okay. I think they just let him go a little early. He's mm-hmm. fine. He, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he's okay. Like he, I don't know if he wanted it or whatnot, but it. I mean, he was there anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he was doing a whole bunch, but he was part of Imperium. Um, I don't know. It just, that felt a little weird. And they also announced the long overdue release of Velveteen Dream, which, I mean, we were talking about this off air. Yes, he has not been on TV an awful lot lately. And I think that's probably due to, um, I thought it was, I too thought this was maybe about the allegations, but there was that interview that Triple H gave sometime after the allegations came out where he said that they looked into it and found nothing, which I find hard to believe because there was more than one occurrence. But that being said, it sounded like we're just going to go with them regardless. Like we didn't find anything. So there is nothing. And they brought him back to TV. And when he came back from, uh, when he came back from his absence, uh, like he was injured at the time, I think, right? And then he came back. He Something was like that. he was not the same performer when he came back. No. The, I don't know if it was the allegations that did it, or if it was the uh, the injury. He wasn't quite the same. But there were also reports since then that he had some conflicts with other people in the company, right. and when those were made light. Um, they stopped using him and then they released him. So to me, that is a, like the biggest release only because it's clear at one point they saw huge, huge star potential in him. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy stuff. A bunch of releases. And, uh, of course, uh, they said, I believe the official reason was budgetary reasons, which is laughable. Yeah. Because WWE is making money hand over fist. So yeah. it wasn't. How much money could these people really have been making? No, anyway. if you're an NXT, you're making the the lowest amount. So. But I digress. Yeah. Anyway, uh, regularly and normally we talk about episodes of NXT on this podcast. And we're going to continue doing that. The 611th episode of NXT, to be exact. And uh, quite a few things happened on this episode, Jacqueline. Yes. We do get a few things happening. So we start off um, uh, with uh, Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark because mm-hmm. they are still having a big old feud. Um, Tony comes out in some new ring gear. Um, and I have to talk about it for a moment because I don't understand her jacket. Mm-hmm. It has one arm. <laughs> There's one arm on the jacket. Yeah, maybe the this other is an, completely exposed. Maybe this is an homage to some of the worst wrestling gear I've ever seen. Uh, some people have short tights. Some people have long tights. But every once in a great while, you will find somebody with uh, one leg long and one yeah. leg short. It looks anyway, silly. but I felt like I couldn't let this go on without mentioning it. Okay, thank you. Because it's weird. Like, mm-hmm. why would you have one? But, like, I mean, it's not ring gear. It's just, like, what she's coming out in. But, like, oh, girl, like, get another sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say it does look very cool with all the studs. And I like the color palette she's going with. So there is that. Yes. All right. Now we get into the match. Um, so Sto- Tony starts by slapping Zoe, um, and this just ignites Zoe to unleash on Tony and send her out of the ring. Zoe goes up and over the rope to the outside to take down Tony, gets her back in the ring, and then Zoe with a huge missile drop kick. Uh, Tony's starting to pick up um, her offense, pulling Zoe off the apron onto the floor, gets her into the steps, um, and then a senton to push Zoe into the stairs even further. Tony continues with kicking Zoe down in the corner. Um, Tony now going for submission attempts on Zoe, but Zoe's um, uh, able to get out of it and tries to come back, but Tony stops it pretty quickly, just tossing Zoe across the ring. Um, Tony with a backbreaker and then the stretching thing she does where she puts someone like over her knee backwards. It's real nasty looking. Um, Zoe picks it back up, though, um, with a step up in Siguri, and both ladies are down. Um, back from commercial, both women battling. Um, Zoe then picking up the offense and gets her sliding knee move for a two. Tony goes for the Storm Zero, but Zoe counters. 
Um, and it looked really crazy the way she did it um, to get a two out of it. Um, Zoe goes for um, goes. Oh, Zoe goes to end Tony, but Tony flips out of it and then able to get the Storm Zero for a two. Um, Tony gets this maybe flipping DDT move. Um, and that's how she wins. I don't know what it was, but it looked really cool. Yes. It wasn't the Storm Zero, um, but that was fun. I really like these two together. I thought this was a fun match and a fun way to start off the show. Um, it's a weird feud, but I do like that they're doing non-title feuds amongst people. Yes. So Especially especially women, because this has yes. been a longstanding crutch in pro wrestling on TV, especially that... If there's a title not involved, you normally don't see the women. And, and you know, it doesn't need to be that way. Right. No, um, this is this is definitely good. I agree 100%. This match was a lot of fun. I like both of them. At first, I'm like, like when they started putting Zoe Stark out there, I'm like, where did she come from? What do they, what do they see? I definitely see it now. Like, yeah. I really like her. She's really good. Tony Storm is excellent. They so Tony's Tony hit her with her usual finisher, the Storm Zero, but Zoe kicked out. So Tony, this is like when I saw this, I'm like, what? It looked like she dropped her on her head, and it looked a little wild. It looked a little wild and out of control. Uh, so when I went to the internet, you know, the weird thing about this is one of the first things that popped up in my Twitter feed was this random guy saying, no offense to this guy, by the way, uh, once they point out who he is, but to me, he was just a random guy who was like, guys, it's okay. Like, uh, I told Tony she could do it or whatever. Um, So it turns out Tony Storm was using this guy's move, and this guy happens to be the guy who trained Tony Storm to be a wrestler. And this was one of his moves that he invented as a finisher, It's supposed to be so she like Tony kind of bends over and has Zoe across her back. Right. Yeah. And then she the idea is that she is supposed to like, you know, stand up straight. And this is supposed to fling Zoe over. And Tony is supposed to catch her in like a RKO or like a diamond cutter, Um, like that kind of move. And that's what the move is supposed to be. But if you watch it, Zoe's body kind of wibbles and wobbles out of position a little bit. And Tony tries to catch her for like an RKO, but that's not really how Zoe ends up landing. And she sort of gets spiked on the ground. I think she's okay. It looked really devastating. And when I saw that, when I saw that, I'm like, I hope she doesn't kick out because it looks like she's dead. Um, So that ended up being a really good finish. I don't know if she can hit that on everybody. I mean, she probably could. Uh, She probably could. Most women, she could probably hit that on. She probably wouldn't be able to hit that on, like, Raquel Gonzalez because she's so tall. I'm thinking, like, Dakota, Candace. Casey, Catanzaro, yes. Yeah. Um, I gave this a three. I really liked it. Well, I went two and three quarters. Ah, nice. We're pretty close. Grapple in their infinite wisdom, has said 2.92. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-match, Frankie comes out to make an entrance, let herself be known, and that she's going to make her in-ring debut next week. But I think we heard her entrance music, and I kind of dig it. So oh, mm-hmm. That might be what her music that. is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, backstage, Mendoza and Wild are there. Um, Escobar, they say, is relaxed. right back up with the back at the beginning of the segment and I'll just patch that together Uh, I think it was I think it was Mendoza and Wild yep okay let me know when you're ready Uh, all set Mendoza and Wild are backstage saying Escobar is taking some much needed time off to relax but these two are waiting for their tag title match um, because they beat MSK in that, you know, six-man tag match or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chompa and Thatcher come in to interrupt, saying that Legato didn't beat them, MSK never beat them, um, so now we're going to get this match tonight for the number one contender, and I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so. oh, this this should be a lot of fun, and it was. Right. Yeah. Spoiler for um, Yeah. 
next uh grimes is rolling up um and there are still ted dibiase jokes happening he meets jake atlas in the parking lot and um they're fighting tonight because they're angry at each other i guess Mm -hmm. uh oh next we get candace and indy we see them having a spa day to celebrate their championship oh boy um and they're talking. They have the cucumbers over their eyes. They mm-hmm. have the face masks on. They're going all out. Mm-hmm. And good for them. Yeah, um, sure. They're talking, of course, about Dexter Loomis, who then all of a sudden weirdly shows up as the masseuse for Indy. Mm-hmm. Very weird. But he's, here's the mean things that these ladies have to say about him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Candace is trying to tell her that he's no good and all this and that. Yes. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next we get a... Hold on. Um, f- oh. I don't know if we can... I don't know if we can move on without me saying this. Uh... Okay. I felt further This is creepy? So yeah, creepy. That's... Like, we all know Dexter no. Loomis is a professional wrestler. He is not a masseuse. No. Uh, so yeah. that means Dexter Loomis came in and presumably, let's just say for the sake of niceties... That he beat up a masseuse. I'm not going to say he killed a masseuse and took his place. No. Let's just say he beat up a masseuse and put him in a closet or something to then take his the place. At least he had the costume, the outfit lying around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then he, without permission, put his hands on this woman and massaged her, which is something that you would that you would expect a masseuse to do. And this is what Indy expected because she, of course, had the cucumbers on her eyes. She couldn't see. But, uh, you know, if (laughs) if any other person were in this position, if it were you and then you later found out that your licensed masseuse was replaced by some creepy person who has been stalking you and they were rubbing you like you would be like not okay at the least weirded out. Yes, I am trying I see. I I am so bothered by these segments. I don't want to spend too much time on them because they they make me physically ill. He's so not a good guy. He's not a good guy, but they're trying to tell us he is. How can you be this bad at storytelling, guys? So we are moving on now Mm. because... Yes, it's So next we get a hype video for the Finn Balor-Karrion Cross match that's happening This was excellent. Mm -hmm. This was so well done. But I have to talk about one thing. So there is a guy on there. I don't remember his name. Yeah. But it says he's an NXT analyst. And I need to know what that job is. Like, what do you do all day? I really feel like that's it's what our job is here. I sort of feel like uh, to uh, critically look. I mean, that's not what happens. He, like, there's nobody there who critically looks at stories and is like, guys, that Dexter Loomis thing is creepy. Let's stop it. Nobody's saying that. They're like, hey, that's a, another. So what is he analyzing? I want to know. You you know, um, like the stuff that AEW posts about, uh, like stats. And, you know, I'm sure he looks at Finn Balor's win-loss record and his, uh, his uh, percent, his offensive percentages. And I don't know, Jacqueline. I'm not exactly sure. Exactly, though. How is that a full-time job? <laughs> and also, why are you, like, in an, how is that important enough to be in an interview Yeah. for a championship match anyway i think he's a legitimate uh mixed martial arts analysis uh person which that makes more sense yeah um it was weird that they said nxt analysis though that that was weird yeah but so we're watching this video and cross and finn are what are re-watching their their last match which is kind of a cool concept to get the build-up going um but you know i say cross has a very stupid finisher Mm-hmm. Like he really does. I don't. Um, like and then we hear from Pat McAfee, who has some opinions. And then, for some reason, Paul Heyman is in here, saying yeah. that uh, Roman Reigns is also very intrigued by this. And so my thought is maybe Karrion Cross is moving a SmackDown after this. Who knows? Oh, please, please do that. <laughs> Get him off my NXT, please. It's yeah. not it's not going to happen. This was like putting Paul Heyman on there and really this was they're 
because we've already had Finn Balor and Karrion Cross, and we've already had this match kind of recently. It hasn't been that long. It was just right. the last takeover, and there was a clean finish to this match. So they're going to do their, they're trying to do their best to try to it. get you hyped and excited. So, like, oh, even Roman Reigns is interested in the, the conclusion of this match. But um, no one cares about Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, I look, I. I can't judge because I haven't watched, but I've heard that he's much better in his current role than he is. It's because he doesn't speak. He was private. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, if you've got Paul Heyman talking for you, I'd have him talk. That's what I mean. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it was a very smart move. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so that's that. And that's happening next week. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, now we get Jake Atlas and Cameron Grimes. Um Atlas is in the ring already. Um, Grimes comes out with a mic in his hand, stops his music, and then shows a retrospective of Ted DiBiase. Yes. Which was just so bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, also in it highlighted... Way? Because why are we watching this? <laughs> Ted DiBiase's not there. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, that is... That is... I mean, he's trying to, like... I don't know. Talk down he was, to him. Or, I get it because he was showing what a horrible character Ted DiBiase was. Like he was not a nice man. No, he was not. So I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I did notice though through his entrance, Grimes's graphics—the graphics they put up for him—are like the stock market tickers. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fun. Um, all right, we get into the match now, and that all starts. Um, Atlas just going to town on Grimes, um, and I don't think the match has actually started. Mm -hmm. um, it apparently starts over the commercial break, which... Weird. Weird, yep. Um, and then Atlas is still striking hard. Um, Grimes hitting back quite a bit. Atlas with this cool rope move to flip Grimes on his back, and then a really nice hurricanrana. Atlas really does deserve better than all of this. Um, Grimes throws Atlas over the top rope and onto the apron. Grimes then with a giant knee and clothesline for a two. Grimes throws Atlas into the corner and then points to the sky and about two people in the crowd yell to the moon. Um, strike exchange <laughs> and then Atlas gets Grimes chest first into the turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. um, we There's a picture in picture now and uh, a limb has pulled up with a dollar sign on it so I guess Ted DiBiase is there. Yes. Uh, and he is. Um, Atlas with a jumping knee and then elbow to the face and finally a clothesline to fit to flip Grimes to the ground for a two. Atlas on the ropes, but Grimes moves out of the way. Then that standing Spanish fly move in the middle of the ring. And just as Grimes is going to finish Atlas, Ted DiBiase comes out to his music. And Grimes is so taken aback by this that Atlas is able to roll up Grimes and win. Um... And this was weird, mm -hmm. and Atlas does deserve better, um, and I have no idea where this stupid feud is going, but I'm also really excited about it. I don't know if DiBiase is going to wrestle. Oh, he like, will not. Uh, yeah, okay. I didn't think he like would, no. but man, he's going to like buy someone to fight his fight for him, right? That's what I'm thinking. Absolutely, yes. He will either purchase someone or hire someone. Uh, yeah. He uh, Ted DiBiase, I think the last time he had a match was 1994. Oh, that's I a think. while ago. So he's definitely he's definitely done. He had a career-ending uh, back injury. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, the... <laughs> I still am caught up about like the idea of people having branded limos. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how else would you know who was in this limo if I didn't put a dollar sign on it? Yeah. Um, and I, I think I would have laughed much harder at your comment about two people shouting to the moon. But then I remember the CWC's only got like thirty-five people in it anyway. So that's actually a fairly large amount of the crowd to uh, to point and shout to the moon, but uh, yeah, I I was enjoying this match until the finish, which yep, you know that's how these things are going to be. You know, uh, when are wrestlers going to start putting in like earplugs or like noise canceling headphones? Because I feel like so many distraction finishes would be eliminated if they just couldn't hear the theme song of another wrestler. Cause you know, 
I mean, it's going to take Drake Maverick pointing it out to all of them because he's the only one who watches the shows. <laughs> yes. He's like, Did, do you guys not realize that this happens all the time? All the time? I really <laughs> need meta Drake Maverick to continue to be a thing. <laughs> like, he's the only one who sees it. Nobody else, like, understands it. I need this to happen so bad. I'm in love with a character that does not exist. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I mean, I'm. It's nice to see Jake Atlas get a win, but wins like this aren't really wins. Wins, I agree. You know, it's really more like Ted DiBiase won on Cameron Grimes, and he wasn't in the mm-hmm. match. Uh, I went two and a quarter. I went two and a half. Okay. Uh, Grapple says two point two. Okay. Yeah, we're all in the same ballpark again. Around there, yes. Um, next, we get a uh, Bronson Reed video package. Um, he's looking back on his career, and he has been wrestling for 14 years. Yes. And this is almost to the day since his first match where he's going to get his title shot in NXT. Mm-hmm. They show a whole bunch of matches he's been in, and I was so happy. They show a clip of when Reed jumped off the ladder with Candice on his back because, man... I just felt like that was like the perfect little setup yes. going into this match with Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, Bronson Reed and his wife, uh, adorable. Yeah. Adorable. I, uh, when he, I didn't think anything of it when he talked about his 14 year career and how long mm-hmm. it's taken him to get to this point. But then I heard, I was listening to a podcast where uh, an ex WWE wrestler slash trainer slash agent was talking about this segment because um, his name is Lance Storm. He's like a world-class wrestler and world-class trainer. Um, Okay. He, uh, I'm actually just trying to think of who he trained. I know Tyler Breeze is one of the people he trained, who's now running his own school, actually, I think. Um, But uh, the co-host with him, uh, doing the show with him, He's, they're talking about this promo and he's like, Lance, where were you uh, 14 years into your career? He's like, I was finishing it up. I was retiring wow. and starting my training school. Like the business has definitely changed. Like this was yeah, uh, not, and not necessarily in a bad way. Like training has gotten better and dieting and medical uh, like medical oh, technology yeah. has gotten better and people's careers are extended. This used to be very much like a young man's game. WWF at the time was outright mocking how old WCW's roster was for having guys like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and things like that. And those guys were only in their late 30s, which oh, is... Oh, damn, they looked old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah especially back then uh i mean they lived hard lives too so that didn't help like drugs and painkillers and stuff uh that doesn't that doesn't help your your youthful looks but they were not like old old but for wrestling they were kind of old and now most of the roster is in their like you don't yeah you don't get (laughs) shots on the main (laughs) roster until you're in your late 30s now yeah Bronson um, Reed here is in NXT and is mm-hmm. got a shot at his first championship in WWE and it's taken him 14 years just to do it. So fun fact, because I did a deep dive one day, mm-hmm. um, Champa, Kerry and Cross and I all born the same year. That's crazy. So yeah, I'm like, I cannot imagine wrestling Ciampa, you, at my age. Yeah. I mean, look, and Nobody, the fact that Champa and Cross are the same age right? made me a little well, I mean, weird. I was like, wait a second. I, I mean, nobody could put you and Tommaso Champa next to each other and get somebody to believe that you were born in the same year. They'd be like, no way, Champa's at least 20 him. years older. Yeah. I I was born a few months before him. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. He's like May and I'm March. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I, I would. That's my, that blows my mind. I've seen right? I've I've seen your picture. I've seen his picture. That doesn't <laughs> compute to me at all. No, Champa looks Champa looks like almost as old as my dad. 
That's yeah. crazy to me. I think it's, and I think it's part of his character though, because he has the scraggly, the scraggly beard, and there's a lot of gray in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're getting really off topic, but I had to point that out because <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, next, Pete Dunn is sitting down with an ESPN reporter who I feel like I'm supposed to know, but I don't. Same um, here. Uh, so Pete just um, going after all the titles, saying he beat Kushida, so so he can take that if he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter's title is still somehow Pete Dunn's, mm-hmm. um, and he wants Cross um, now, though. And I think we all kind of want that, even though I'm not sure who the face would be in that match. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunn saying he's never had a bad match. Um, I really love his new at like this attitude he has. Like mm-hmm. he's so. Marmy and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the interviewer um, getting to the heart of Pete's style and where it comes from, and Dunn says he takes a little bit from wherever he's been and just makes it more violent. And uh, <laughs> that's okay. that was a great line. That's uh, that's Pete Dunn in a nutshell. <laughs> mm-hmm. I take a little bit of lucha, add ten percent more violence. Take a little yep. bit of Japanese strong style, sprinkle in a little more violence. But <laughs> so he does. Okay. I yeah, really like. So I really like that line. <laughs> the Pete Dunn violence cookbook. Yep. Uh, next match, we get what we've been wanting, and it's Alexander Wolf versus Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this wasn't much of a thing, though. But yeah, it wasn't. And watching this match after knowing Alexander Wolf had was no longer a part of NXT, just like. I don't know. It didn't have as much of a an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did enjoy about this, though, is the entrance and Drake Maverick still cautiously walking down the ramp with Dane. Like, oh, yeah. he's still, like, any, hesitant. Any like, day now, he's going to turn Yeah, yeah. He's like, I know. I know. He's like, he's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the match starts. Wolf just starts wailing on Dane, um, keep um, keeping him on the mat for most of the, the start here. Um, and then lots of uppercuts. Um, Dane then striking Wolf in the midsection pretty hard. Vic Joseph finally talking about sanity because I feel like no one else has yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Eichner goes to get involved and Drake um, goes after him. Um, so Dane steps in to help his friend. Um, then Bartel gives Wolf a chair. Wolf goes to use it. Um, but then Dane spears him and wins. Yeah. Um, so very quick, Drake Maverick, super happy at the end here, mm-hmm. jumping on Killian's Dane back to celebrate. Yep. Like, oh, maybe you are a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, judge you too harshly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great, but I think it did what it needed to in a short period of time. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't... I appreciated that. It wasn't much of a match. Um, to your point about bringing up sanity or like not even bringing it up until now and they've sort of been teasing at this for a couple of weeks anyway yeah on nxt look guys you can't do this thing where it's like we don't need to mention sanity like you know we we can just go like these two have a history and then expect everybody in the audience to go yes we know like some of us will know but you have to presume that there's somebody tuning into nxt for the first time ever tonight and they don't know anything about these guys and you you have to explain this sort of stuff you don't have to spend a long time explaining it but it does help to be like you know these guys used to be really close they were in a group together they were tag team champions of nxt at one point were they really they were indeed well i think technically the team was wolf and eric young i think were the actual tag team champions Uh. but Gotcha. Um, yeah, they, Sanity were the tag team champions at one point. Um, that's so crazy. That, I, <laughs> trying to think of like what happened to the rest of that group. The only two people who are left now are Killian Dane and Nikki Cross, mm. and they're married. So that helps. Yeah, I guess. So they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, oh, post match. I, I was gonna say, hold on. I gave this a one and a half. Oh, I, I forgot about that. I gave it a two. Okay, I uh, can grapple. Ooh, grapple 1.33. Okay. I gave it a two mostly because of uh, Drake Maverick's celebration at the end. <laughs> he looked so joyous. He was very happy. Um, Post match, Eichner and Bartel um, attack Wolf. Yes. So, um, not happy that he lost. Um, and I will say, Eichner constantly showing off his strength he lifts wolf up pretty much from the mat mm-hmm. onto his shoulders for bartel to get off the euro bomb and man 
it's just so impressive to watch him. Yeah, it they're really, really good. Uh, and yeah. this was the the Alexander Wolf send off. It was so. What a way to go! Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like at least he was on TV. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that is how you would go, like especially for, yeah. especially if you're in uh, part of a group to have the group turn on you if you're going to be leaving yeah. and not coming back. So that makes sense. It does. Um, Dakota and Raquel are backstage, um, and they're still friends, even though they have some difference of opinions and how the how to handle people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and they still want the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Raquel um, is leaning babyface while. Dakota is still firmly heel. So yes. there is some tension here. There is, but there's but they're still on each other's side. Mm-hmm. Um Everise then in to interrupt, oh asking boy. why is Raquel so greedy? Mm-hmm. Wanting all the titles. Um Raquel asking who they are um is probably the best thing. Then yep. Raquel smacks one of them to the floor um so hard. Um and I like her even more now. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh next we get um our number one contender match for the tag um titles so mm-hmm. champa and thatcher versus legato del fantasma mm-hmm. and at and uh legato del fantasma they didn't even get an entrance they were already in the ring when the match you know yeah. when things started um but i have to say during um champa and thatcher's entrance two things first of all i'm glad that they just kept that uh champa's music because it's mm-hmm. perfect and they didn't need to change it, so thank you for that. But also, the picture, the graphic of the two of them mm-hmm. during their entrance is hilarious because it's like <laughs> Thatcher laying down and Champa holding his head, and they're like scary smiling. <laughs> Thatcher should have never smiled, but it's no. a great picture. Yes, and it makes me laugh, <laughs> <laughs> like out loud laughing. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so Wild and Champa start here. Um, Bit of a weird start, um, but Champa pulls Wild out of the ring and throws him into the plexiglass. Champa going for a hold, but Wild able to get to his feet. Thatcher in, continuing the hold and also adding shoulders to the neck. Mendoza finally gets in, um, and there is such a height difference between Thatcher and Mendoza. Um, Thatcher looking for an armbar, but Mendoza able to fight it off for a bit. Champa back in. Thatcher's um, long arms uh, playing a huge advantage here because he can basically tag someone in from halfway across the ropes. Um, Champa had Mendoza down flailing, finally both back to their feet, um, throwing Mendoza into the corners, but Mendoza able to kick his way out and then goes after Champa quite hard. Um, Thatcher back in and getting going after Mendoza's neck and shoulder. Mendoza able to, re- um, to reverse um, and somehow now is bleeding from his face as Thatcher puts even more pressure on the shoulder um, and then under the jaw. Mendoza picking up offense and kicks Thatcher in the chest. Um, Thatcher has an ankle lock on Mendoza who pulls Wild into the ring and Ciampa comes in and now there is a double ankle lock and then Mendoza and Wild start to pick up some steam um, until all four men are out for the count just down. Um, We're back from commercial. Ciampa literally running um, uh, into both Mendoza and Wild. Um, Ciampa looking for Willow's Bell but Wild um, saves Mendoza um, and Wild is finally back in, and they get a few tandem moves off for a two. Um, we are told that the medical team has cleared Mendoza, for, so whatever was bleeding is fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Mendoza's back in, and a lot of strikes. Um, he goes to run into Ciampa in the corner, and Mendoza goes flying into the post. Thatcher in now, um, taking out Mendoza, then Wild, then Mendoza taking a beating. Thatcher with a big suplex for a two. Champa back in, just beating Mendoza. Thatcher in to do the same. Then Champa back in to continue and gets Mendoza down for a two. Mendoza able to get himself through the ropes to the outside for safety, um, and then able to pick up some offense. Mendoza reverses the fairy tale ending. Wild finally back in. Mendoza then tags back in. Then an assisted flip by Wild and a flip by Mendoza for a two that Thatcher breaks up. Wild in and Mendoza goes to interfere again, but Thatcher takes him out. Um, and Wild takes Thatcher out on the outside. Um, but then the grizzled young veterans come out to plant Champa on the apron um, and then back into the ring um, as they slowly walk up back up the ramp. Um, and Mendoza is able to get a pin off on Champa. I don't even know what move he did, but they won. Yeah. Uh, the right move uh, here for them yes. to win. Uh, I mean, I think this was. 
I don't think there really was. I don't know. It felt like maybe there was a little bit of question in my mind as to who might win, but it felt like the logical thing here, especially since Legato del Fantasma won that six-man main event, setting themselves up for this tag title match. It felt like, okay, this is... uh, this would be a good stumbling block for them, but they should win because it would give them a little bit of added momentum because they will need it because we've already seen pretty recently again, MSK um, beating them. So like there needs to be a little bit, they need to do everything they can. Yeah. They need to do everything they can for Legato del Fantasma in their, their challenge. Cause there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to win. Maybe they will, but um, I do feel like it, the, the chances of it are actually a little more up in the air than say the carrying cross Finn Balor match, which I feel like is pretty much a foregone conclusion that carrying cross is probably cross is really entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I really like this match. These guys all worked uh, well together, even though they were a bit of a stylistic clash, but not in a bad way, in a way that worked. Oh, yeah. Worked well together. And Yeah. And I think I have to just say, I think Mendoza is just continuing to progress yep. and just getting better with different styles because he's great at the Lucha style. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he's doing so. I He's really becoming like the the muscle for them, for Legato. And I think it's great. I really enjoy like when you mesh different styles. It's always fun to see like what's this gonna look like, and when it's good, it always looks good. And this did uh, another really fun match. I also gave this one a three. I went three and a quarter. Okay, Grapple says three point oh nine. All right, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Fish is backstage. Um, he's being asked about helping out his former tag team partner, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It had nothing to do with Kyle. I'm mad at Dunn and Lorkin because they took me out during War Games. Yeah, we missed um, this because we didn't have a podcast last week, but Bobby Fish returned. Yeah! Um, but he's dumber, because now he's saying, Pete Dunn, I want you. Like, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Well, he said what are Pete, you doing? He said that nobody, Pete Dunn says that nobody wants to wrestle him, and Bobby Fish says that's the only match he wants. Um, it's a shame we didn't get to do this podcast last week because we did miss out on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly yelling to each other at the end of the the last show. About how, about how they each have some separate yeah. business to take care of. It's good to see but you. still friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice to I'm be doing back. Doing my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Um, well, that's so. Bobby Fish was a Bobby Fish was a better promo than I thought. Um, yes. So I think he did a pretty good promo here. I don't think he has much of a chance against Pete Dunn, but no. I liked his promo here. So maybe, yeah. maybe there's maybe there is something to something. Bobby Fish. He's sort of like our favorite punching bag on this podcast sometimes, but he is. Um, he is. Maybe there's a little more to to Robert Fish than we are giving him credit. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we're back to Indy and Candace at the spa, and Candace's card was declined. Oh, no. They, they said there is an unpaid expense from a florist from about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this um, spa employee got all this information that's yeah. like super private yeah. about someone's credit card, but she seemed to know a lot. Yes. Um, I feel like, so- Jacqueline, the person who wrote this segment, I... I mean, look, I'm I'm not like uh, I'm not like a psychoanalyst, but if I were, I would suggest that maybe the person who did this is a very rich person who like doesn't even have credit, like doesn't know how credit cards work, or somebody who's yeah. like the way they tried to explain this whole credit card thing was bizarre beyond bizarre maybe or maybe they think they're writing for like very little kids who don't know what credit cards are exactly they just know that they're money cards uh i'm not not sure who they were writing this for but it wasn't for adults who have had credit cards and used them because like i'm sitting here watching this i'm like this isn't how credit cards work at all at all and also isn't candace some like Hotshot, big superstar pro wrestler. Why is her card maxed out? Like, right shouldn't on she flowers? On flowers, like twenty dollars or hundred dollars or whatever. I don't know how much she spent on flowers. 
Um, but but th- this was this was like a way of exposing to Indy that Johnny and Candace were behind buying the flowers. Yeah. Somebody had mentioned that wouldn't it have just been easier if when they were paying for their spa day, Candace drops her handbag or something and it spills and Indy helps pick it up comes and a receipt comes out for the flowers. Yes. Perfect. Anyway, so it's weird. So we're moving on. Um, <laughs> back at the Capitol Wrestling Center, Gargano is talking to Bronson Reed and Theory is his hype man in the back of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um which was actually kind of fun, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Gargano saying he's untouchable and only he can get away with how... Um, oh, he's saying he's untouchable. And honestly, he is the only person who can get away with how arrogant he is and still be charming. <laughs> so, there's that. Which is, of course, a very arrogant thing to say. Yes. Yep. Um, next, we get Aaliyah versus Saray. And honestly, really... Um, surprised that after people have been released, um, Aaliyah, Jesse, and Robert Stone are still around, but mm-hmm. here we are. Um, Robert Stone is in a purple suit with a crazy hat, um, yeah. but great sparkly shoes. I so. mean, I know why Robert Stone is still around. I'm yes, not sure about he's... Aaliyah and Jesse, but Robert Stone, I get. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, Aaliyah's starting off quick here, but Saray responds, tossing Aaliyah, and then a big drop kick. But Jesse gets involved to slow her down. Um, Aaliyah gets Saray down for a two and then tosses Saray across the ring in a big knee to the jaw. Saray with a spinning heel kick for a two. Saray with a missile drop kick and then a running drop kick to Aaliyah, who is sitting up against the bottom rope. Um, and then a suplex for Saray to pick up the win. Mm-hmm. This made sense. It was very short. Yes. Aaliyah is getting better at taking hits. She really is good at that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say that. Well, she's been training for forever. Um, she's been sense. here for years. Um, she was part of, they did this excellent documentary series on the WWE Network. I don't think it's on Peacock, but it's called Breaking Ground, I think, or something. And it was like a, that. it was like a five or six episode docu-series behind NXT and they were looking at um, a wrestler who is on his way out uh, of NXT like moving up to the main roster they were looking at people in their kind of like the prime of their NXT runs and stuff and they were looking at somebody who was just starting out in NXT and the person who was just starting out in NXT was Aaliyah like she was, you, you get to see her like figure out like her name and like her entrance and like all of these other. Oh, that's kind of cool. All of these other things, but to sh- to tell you how long ago this was, the people who were at their peak of their NXT career at this time that we were focusing on were Bailey and Sasha Banks. So oh, that makes sense. She's been Aaliyah's been there for a while. Um, yeah. I was. I would one hundred percent agree with you. This was another one of those Saray matches where she comes out, she has a match, it's pretty good, she wins, it's pretty short, and that's it. And I gave it a two. I did too. Uh, and so, almost, I was going to say, and so did Grapple, but only almost. Uh, 1.88, so close to eh, a two. close enough. Um, Shotzi and Ember um, are putting together something else in their welding area um but they're still going after the tag team titles calling out raquel and dakota um they are maybe taking some time to train um but we'll be back to take care of business and now i know what tcb is yes taking care of business yes ah of course that makes perfect sense I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another diamond mind video um still no idea what is happening At um all but I hope it's good when it's finally revealed. Mm-hmm. This could also suck. Yes. Um, next, we get Hit Row, Ashanti the Adonis, and Top Dalla yes. versus uh, Tony Nese and Lavari something. Aria Davari. Aria Davari, not yes. Lavari. Okay. Um, which is not fair because Top Dalla is not 205, but it is what it is. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> niece and Adonis start. Niece flipping over the ring. Um, then Dala's in and throws Niece across the ring. Davari in and Dala drops him. Dala now holding both Niece and Davari and then drops them. And Super he doesn't cool. just drop them. 
he goes head first into the mat, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then Adonis is back in it against Davari, and Adonis with a big drop kick and pounds on Davari to the point where even Dalla has to get it in and break it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Adonis then with a spinning heel kick to Nice. Dalla has to calm Adonis down again. Dalla then slams down um, Davari to pick up the win. I thought this was better than it should have been. I mm. thought this was fun. I like Ashanti, D- the Adonis, and Top Dollar together because they're like a great balanced team of styles. Yeah, <laughs> I probably I probably rated this match higher than I should have because this was just kind of an extended squash match. But yeah. I love Hit Row, and I think <laughs> more more specifically, I think I just love Top Dollar. Like mm. number one, I think that name is awesome. <laughs> It's pretty great. I love that he's just a big dude who comes in and smashes guys. And I really like the uh, Ashanti Adonis bit where he can't stop from wanting to kill this man on the corner. And Top Dollar's got to be the guy to like, hold on, I got him. It's okay. It's all right. And then he goes and smushes him. Calm it down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then he goes and kills him. And then they get the win. Um, And it's I gave this two and a half. Oh, okay. I went two and a quarter. Okay. I think I maybe got a little too excited, but I <laughs> I love that like this act could be something really good. So it can be. I uh, agree. Grapple was a, a little less impressed by going one point nine two. I think they were just yeah. more looking at the actual match, which I I grant you was short, but I was highly entertained by this match. I will say I am. I really love Hit Row, and I mm. am excited for the, all of them. Yeah, they had a fun love, promo I, after as well. I love that Swerve has a stable. Yes, mm-hmm. they have a really fun promo. They're all like kind of freestyle and rhyming. I don't know what's happening, but it's so cool. They do it so fluidly, and they move in and out of mm-hmm. who's talking. Um, but at the end of the day, what I took away from this is that Swerve wants the North American title. Yeah. Uh, I love how, I mean, outside of, I don't know, I mean, I guess outside of Swerve, I know maybe Mm -hmm. Swerve might, the name Swerve might fit this. Outside of Ashanti the the Adonis, I love that, or just Ashanti Adonis now, I guess. Um, I love how, you know what, maybe you could even make a a case. I sort of like that how all of their names sort of feel like, like a hip hop group from like 1996. Like what all is of those names. Woman's name. I feel B, really bad. I don't. B Fab. Ah, that's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I just I I like. <laughs> I don't know. Like I watch this and I just get like TLC vibes, like Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and I'm just yeah, getting no. like I'm just getting like name vibes like that. Yeah. Like they feel I, like a hip hop group from '96. I could I could see that. But I do love them. And so I'm really excited to see what happens next. Me too. Um, backstage, we get William Regal. Um, uh, not sure how Legato del Fantasma um, got there, but he's like, I guess they'll get their shot at their tag titles in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of surprised. Um, next week, Ember and Shotzi versus Dakota and Raquel for the number one contender. Um, there's no contender to go up against Raquel at this time. Um, which is odd. So it'll be fun to see what's next for her. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Main event time. I feel like there should be a bell when we do this. Like a ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Maybe I can um, do that in post or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we get Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed for the North American title in a steel cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Gargano comes in and he's trying to fight right away. Like the ref has to break them up. Um and he doesn't do a very good job right away. No. Um, Gargano goes to his... Um, so the bell finally rings. Gargano goes to escape um, before the door even officially closes, um, which I will say, not not a dumb move, mm-hmm. um, but Reed catches him and brings him back in. Gargano looking to escape here to win, but and he just keeps climbing. Yeah. Um, Reed, wise to that fact, he keeps taking Gargano down. So, I mean, it is what it is. Reed able to bat Gargano out of the air and then tosses Gargano into the cage twice. Reed has Gargano on his shoulders um, and then throws him to the cage for a third time. Um, on the apron and Reed pushing Gargano up against the chain link and then goes to run at him, but Gargano moves out of the way and then Reed goes to the cage, um, goes into the cage himself. 
Gargano goes to spear Reed, um, but gets caught. Um, his get caught in the chain link. It was weird. Um, so instead, Reed's able to get uh, a DDT. Gargano on the ropes for a moonsault and then punches Reed in the head. Gargano again going um, for the um, to climb the fence, but Reed able to pick him up and plant him on the mat for a two. Reed now on the top rope and Theory climbing the outside of the fence um, and Gargano able to take Reed down by kicking the back of his knee. Reed is up against the cage and Theory and Gargano both run into him um, and able to get a two out of that. Reed getting way more offense and then flings Gargano into the cage. Gargano on Reed's shoulders and he climbs the rope for a Samoan drop. Reed covers for a two. Reed first um, back to his feet um, and on the ropes, but Gargano still going after the knee and then puts Reed face first um, into the cage and gets off a power bomb um, to pin for a two. Gargano crawling towards the door. Theory goes to help him out, um, but Reed pulling Gargano back in by his feet and then drops on Gargano's chest. Reed goes for the door, but Theory holds it closed, and Reed finally able to take Theory out of the match by swinging the door open and puts him back first into the cage. Reed goes to powerbomb Gargano, but he reverses, and then a poison Rana um, for both men to be down. Gargano looks to climb again, but decides against it and gets caught and thrown back into the chain link. Reed back to the door and Theory back in to slam it on Reed's head. Gargano maybe gets the one final beat for a two. Gargano climbing um, Reed, but Reed grabs his foot and now both men are on the ropes. Reed catches Gargano while he is um, so close to the top and drops him off um, the cage onto the mat. Reed on the top rope, Theory climbing into the ring. Gargano um, on the top rope hitting Reed. Reed pushes Theory to the floor. Um, Reed splashes on Gargano and then a frog, frog splash for the win. And we have a new champion. Yay! And I don't, and this really just made me so happy. Mm -hmm. um, I thought this was a fun match. Um, I thought Reed really was fighting two people at once here. Mm -hmm. um, and he was able to do some of his more athletic moves that he doesn't always get to do. Um, but I enjoyed it, and I'm really excited to see him as champion. I think he's going to be a fun one. I really like this match, too. Uh, it's kind of rare to see a cage match in WWE now that even kind of lives up to what mm -hmm. cage matches were supposed to be in the first place. The They've done such a good job of sort of ruining it that when they're like, it's time for a cage match, which is like, okay, well, then I expect people to get out of the cage. I expect other people to get into the cage that aren't supposed to right. be because that's what you kind of groan at it. Yeah, because that's yeah. what always happens. The whole idea was always supposed to be like, two guys. Yeah, like one person is always running away from the other one. They always tried, they always escape before they can get what's coming to them. And this is a way mm -hmm. to like keep everybody else out eventually they started doing the escape the cage yeah as to win as like a way to protect uh champions so like you know they don't get pinned or whatever mm -hmm. like escaping isn't the same as being pinned and wwe still has those escape the cage rules but at least in nxt they've started doing pins and submissions in the cage as well so Austin Theory tried to get into the cage but was thwarted from doing so because of Bronson Reed so at least that was good these guys never escaped the cage and fought outside of it um, the only person who thought about trying to escape the cage to win was Johnny Gargano who is the bad guy so of course he'd look, so it for, makes the, sense. He'd look for the cheaper way to get out so Bronson splashes Johnny off the top rope onto his back and he has an opportunity to escape. He could walk out of the cage, but he's a good guy. And that's not how he wants to win the title. He wants to be the better man and pin Johnny Gargano. So he slams the door shut, climbs up and splashes Johnny again, and then pins him to win the title clean in the middle of the ring. Couldn't ask for a better ending. And no. like... We probably wouldn't be here if I was the one writing the show. I think I would have had Johnny lose the title earlier to Kushida when they had their thing going. But I am not opposed to Bronson Reed. I, I believe we were no. talking about this many times, going all the way back to that ladder match as well um, yes. at the takeover, that 
he would have been a good choice. So I am definitely happy with this choice and, and good for him. I'm happy for him as well. I went three and a half. Same. Uh, grapple 3.41. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything at the end? I feel like there was something nope. at the end. He just cel- a celebration. Yeah, just a celebration. He celebrated with his wife as well, I believe. I'm um, sure. I, I don't. I didn't stay to watch that, but there were lots of lots of pyrotechnics in the Capitol. Yeah, and, and the little in the little CWC. Yes. Um, but yeah, a good show. A good way to end things too. To send uh, to send the people yeah. home happy. So can't complain about that. Good job, NXT. Let's see if we can keep it up. Uh, for two weeks running. Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll find out soon enough. In the meantime, everybody, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe. And that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more NXT on the USA Network and the Peacock, uh, where we will be talking about Karrion Cross defending his NXT championship against Finn Balor.